Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we discuss prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and this is my co-host John. Nicely encapsulated. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I got it right first time. We did not expect that. No, no, no. We thought this was going to take a few tries, but yeah, we got yeah. there. That's pretty good. So John, what are the ground rules? Can we explain this podcast first? Yeah, this might take a little explaining. It's not a traditional movie review podcast. Not at all. No, what we're trying to do, I guess, is come up with fictional theoretical ideas for potential prequels, sequels, or spin-offs for films that currently don't have any. So ground rules, I think, first of all, I think t- we should set them in the present world in the sense that not we shouldn't set the film it's as a film present. made in 2017. Yeah, exactly. So if we made a sequel to, say, Top Gun, we yeah. couldn't be like, oh, well, two years after Top Gun, let's bring the whole cast back together. So we- yeah, any any actors that you cast, they are their current age. Yeah, exactly. And their current status as well. So. And if they're dead, they're dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> CGI recreations, maybe. Totally. Yeah. We're not aiming for good movies here, are we? Well, you say that. I am definitely looking at this as a creative writing exercise. Oh, um, sure. <laughs> and hopefully as a, you know, a launch pad into a future career as a top Hollywood script doctor. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, I, I'm, I'm the opposite. Um, I'm just looking to make up some, some absolute crap. Well, okay. Well, I think these different approaches might... Um, <laughs> might be quite might, good, yeah. Yeah, it might work. Any of us, any other ground rules? Oh, not that I can initially think of. We don't limit ourselves too much. Nah, um, no, it's fun in that. Yeah. Sure, if any of the rules come up, we'll... Uh, yeah, we, we'll figure out as we go along. Yeah, write, write them down on the notice board. Mm-hmm. don't know why I said yeah. that. So the first film we're going to do is Titanic, mm-hmm. which is the highest grossing film. It's the only film in the top 50 highest grossing films of all time worldwide, which does not have a sequel, is not a sequel, or doesn't have a sequel currently in production. So that's why I thought it would be a cool place to start. It's pretty good. And you know that they really want to do something with it because it made so much money, but there's... There's nothing you can do. so little you can do. Unless... Unless, Well, exactly. We're going to prove that wrong (laughs) in this podcast, hopefully. Do you know what the next highest grossing film is that is not a sequel? No. doesn't have a sequel. It is quite a recent one, actually, but not recent enough that it's going to have a sequel. It's Inception. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And there's also Inside Out, but one day that'll have a sequel because it's Pixar. Yeah. Is Finding Dory in the top 50 yet? Oh, that is. That is a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Little known art house film called Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, guess I'm just an idiot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so what's your relationship with Titanic? Well, I've seen it many times throughout many different periods of my life. The latest being last Saturday when I was hungover. It's long, isn't it? But it doesn't drag. Yeah, that's. It's a really well-paced film. I found that yeah. too. I watched it the other day. I would say. I mean, I actually saw it in the cinema mm-hmm. um, oh, when I was twelve. Jealous. Yeah, um, when it first came out as well. And I would conservatively say I've probably seen it about thirty times since then. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those films. If it's on TV, you have to watch it. Yeah, like, it's not a film you can not watch. And it is incredible. It's just you can pick it apart for days. You know, the acting is questionable. I thought you were leaving. <laughs> I am. Are so annoying. <laughs> the dialogue is very questionable. God, not those finger paintings again. They certainly were a waste of money. The difference between Cal's taste in art and mine is that I have some. They're fascinating. Like being inside a dream or something. There's truth but no logic. What's the artist's name? Something Picasso. <laughs> something Picasso. He won't amount to a thing. He won't, trust me. Mm-hmm. But it's just it just has this epic scope and it just really, yeah, it's three hours and 50 minutes, but you really don't feel it. Yeah. You, you are yeah. gripped from start to finish. Yeah. And that's something James Cameron does very well, I think. Well, you can look at it as just a story of one night of these two people meeting and having this amazing romance and, you know, that 
then, then it goes tits up, mm-hmm. essentially. It's, it's a good plot for the film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can look at it in a completely different way. It's just this absolute epic story of the greatest peacetime disaster of all time. And it's just so weird how they kind of mix so well. Yeah, it's it's quite rare to see an action film and a romance film. It's almost a film with two halves. It's a 90-minute yeah. romance film that then turns into a 90-minute action film, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah, and it looks fun. I, I was interested to see how it looked, and it's still. I don't think it's aged particularly badly. Like There no, are certain scenes where you can really tell that it's the CGI is not as good as it is today. Mm-hmm. Like Whenever they're stood on the doing the you know King of the World, I'm flying bits, mm. it, the, the background does look kind of flat. But even so, it doesn't take me out of it at all. And there's a few bits at the end where everybody's sort of tumbling over each other and stuff mm-hmm. there was a lot of green screen there oh yeah you could just just see that they were just on a railing with a green screen behind it and they were just leaning on the railing see i think i notice it less as the film goes on because i'm usually pretty drunk by the end it's not a film to watch sober <laughs> like. oh, i haven't drunk to it before i don't think in fact when i was i watched it on friday night and i played a little drinking game with myself uh, in which i took a drink every time a character made a reference foreshadowing the sinking of the Titanic. So some reference to the ship being unsinkable. Uh, and oh, yeah. I was, I very nearly passed out by like <laughs> 90 minutes in. Yeah. So this is the ship they say is unsinkable. It sir. is unsinkable. Sir. God himself could not sink sir. this ship. I was overruled. A waste of deck space as it is in an unsinkable ship. Sleep soundly, young Rose. I have built you a good ship, strong and true. She's all the lifeboat you need. But this ship can't sink. She's made of iron, sir. I assure you, she can't. The ship will sink. I do wonder if that was... I don't know if that was like a selling point of Titanic at the time. Because everybody said... I think every character at one point mentions it's unsinkable. Mm. But that's a pretty low bar for a ship. That's what it's, I would hope for. Yeah. for a ship. I mean, yeah. It's not going to sink is my basic... My base thing for what I want from a ship that I'm going to travel on. Yeah. So I would think that the size and scale of it was the... But every single character is like, not even God could sink that ship. And uh, as we know, as we find out, well, it's not God, it's an iceberg. Something sinks Spoiler alert. I'm sorry, I, I, <laughs> I want to get this out of the way right now, because this is going to come up a lot. I am not doing any spoiler alerts on this podcast. Because if you've gone into a podcast about sequels to a movie, oh, yeah. and you haven't seen that movie, <laughs> you do not deserve a spoiler alert. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's fair enough. Yes. They have... die at the, Jack dies at the end, sorry. Wow. Yeah. I never understand why people listen to reviews and, well, listen to, like, a full review of something when it's come out and they don't want spoilers. I, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. And then they complain. You spoil this for us. What do you expect? You, no one forces you to listen to it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, some people just don't care about spoilers and will listen to reviews and podcasts and stuff because they, that's, they don't go into a film wanting to be surprised. But I love being surprised. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so on this podcast, what sort of films are you hoping to to do you hoping to do much more sort of historic films more present films or a mixture of the two i want to do everything so i want to do serious films i want want to do films that have no sequels because there was no scope for a sequel like Mm -hmm. this one i want to do films that have no sequel because they were terrible and everything in between i I want to really run the whole gamut so okay yeah i kind of i kind of feel the same yeah it's gonna be fun Mm -hmm. all right let's get into it okay do you want to go first i think you should go first i think yours is gonna be better so i want to i want to start strong yeah, but I think mine's going to be longer, so maybe you should start first, because... Oh, I'm not ready. Mentally? Oh, I can do it. Okay, um, I don't have a name for mine. Okay, you're already on to a loser, then. Great. I definitely have a name for mine. Good, good, okay. Imagine a Titanic film. This is a remake, essentially. Mm-hmm. So already it doesn't fit in the description of... It's not a sequel, it's a remake, okay. <laughs> it's not a sequel, prequel, or spin-off. So it is a remake, but... The thing with this one is it is starring 
uh, James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill. Oh, you know, I see where this is going. That crowd. Oh dear. Is this going to be a kind of gay baiting Titanic movie? Is, is James Franco going to be playing gay James Franco as he plays in everything he does? Well, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm on board. Who, are, who else would he play? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we've got, got James Franco and Seth Rogen, who I'm going to forget Seth Rogen's name all the time because I forget his surname. They are both first class people, first class gentlemen. Okay. Playing against type. Hmm. Well, yeah. You, <laughs> but you can just imagine them putting a the suit on and having that kind of swagger as uh-huh. just absolutely. So idiots. this is still set in 1912. This isn't like a modern oh. take of the film. No, no, no. It's still set in 1912. So do they have to do. Like, oldie-worldie accents? Nah. Okay. They just probably come on, like, do what they normally do. The Americans in Titanic sounded like normal Americans. But, I mean, dialogue-wise, are they going to be talking about getting stoned and... They're probably going to put a spin on it. Okay. They are They are going to be talking about getting stoned, but they're going to find a way to say that in 1910s language. Okay. I don't know if getting getting stoned... No, it must have been. It must have been a thing. But it was more like probably more like smoking a hooker pipe or something. I don't think they had, like, roaches. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've never thought about that. How did people get stoned in the 1910s? That's a film I'd watch. <laughs> Starring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, and so, well, they're just, well, going about their business, but their business being absolute idiots. Okay. Just messing around on this ship. So where, why are they on the ship? Uh, well, they're on the ship. They're just going to America. They're, okay, so the, they're, they're Americans already. They're playing Yeah, Americans. yeah, they're playing Americans. So why were they in England? I haven't thought about that. Okay, this is a ground rule. If I ask you a question, you ask me a question, you can't say I don't know. You need to come up with something. Oh, it's good improv, I guess. Uh, let's see. They were in England. They were in England. It doesn't have to be a well-thought-out answer. Ah, uh, to pick up girls? Okay, so they, that's fair. They're 1910s studs. Yeah. They've been hitting all the brothels of London, and now they're heading back to America. Of course, yeah. Maybe okay, they had a bit of travel around the continental Europe as okay. well. Okay, well, they're wealthy, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so they're essentially doing the exact same thing on the Titanic, mm-hmm. trying to get all these high-class ladies. And, well, eventually, on the night of April 14th, the sinking, okay. at the start of the night, they're, well, they have a whole night, and they are way too drunk, and they're high, and it's just all gone wrong, well, out of control. Well, they think that, they, that it would be fun to sneak around the ship, essentially the same as what Leo and Kate did. Okay. Just without the romance. Oh, no, no car sex then? Uh, now, that's the thing. There are people having sex in a car. Okay, but it's not them. No. You can never see who they are. Oh, okay. So it could be Jack. It could be in the same universe. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. But that's just like in the background. Okay. There's some other shenanigan happening in the foreground. Mm-hmm. So it is almost the exact same plot, apart from... They then get into, but they call it the bridge? The bridge? With, with, no, the bridge with the steering wheel and stuff. Oh, yeah, I, don't I think in, so. In Star Trek, you call it the bridge. So um, Yeah, let, let's say it's the bridge. I don't know. Sure. I, I, my, I'm not an expert in nautical terminology. Yeah. So they get into the bridge and there's only one guy on shift at that point. Okay. And he's quite a young person. This is his first time out on the ocean. Okay. They convince him it would be a good idea to join them with a spliff or mm. 1910 spliff. Okay, I'll see where this is going. Mm. And that person is played by Jonah Hill. Okay. That's young little Jonah Hill. <laughs> is he young? He, I think he's in his 30s. He can play young now. He can. He's got that kind of baby face. Yeah. If he, if he goes clean shaven, he's quite young. Yeah. And then they, well, they're all playing around in there, putting the trip up to beyond full speed. Okay. And, you know, steering it 
left, right and centre. Nobody really has control over where the ship is going. And then they just all fall about on the floor and they just pass out. So no one's steering the ship. So no one's steering the ship. Why is nobody supervising Jonah Hill? He's, he's, he's a young... How young is he supposed to be? He must have someone supervising him. It's a plot hole. Okay, this is, this, is, this is the arrogance of man. Fair enough. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah so essentially no one is steering the ship and it hits the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Not in the exact same way because there's nobody there to sort of steer it to the left. Hard to starboard and... Also it hits direct. <sighs> I feel like that would be a very quick sinking... What would happen if it hit direct? Would it just... Well, the theories were that it wouldn't actually sink if it were to hit direct. Really? Yeah. It wouldn't, couldn't be... Oh, would it just, like, grind to a halt? I think so. Okay. I'm not too sure. So why did they... Oh, I guess violent. they tried to avoid it to not cause damage to the ship. Yeah, well, they... Yeah, exactly, yeah. They tried to do two things. They tried to avoid it, and they tried to slow down. Okay. If when they, the sensible thing at that point would have been to be like, well, we're going to hit this ship. Yeah. If, like, hit this iceberg. Yeah. If they slowed down and hit the iceberg head-on, it would potentially have been fine. Oh, that's interesting. If they just steered and didn't slow down, they would have missed it. Are you sure about that? Look it up. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. Things I know. Okay. Okay, so yeah, the Titanic has just struck the iceberg, and, well, all hell starts breaking loose, as it does in the movie. Apart from there is nobody in the, the engine room to sound any kind of alarms, but obviously people notice the boat hitting an iceberg. It's... So is Jonah Hill asleep at this point? Uh, yeah, all three of them are. Still asleep, even though uh, the boat has hit the ice, but that hasn't caused any noise whatsoever. I mean, it caused noise and stuff, but uh, they, they slept through that. Okay. <laughs> Sounds um, plausible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I never said this would be good. In fact, mm-hmm. I warned you the opposite. Okay. And so, well, yeah, then uh, the captain has woken up um, and he walks in. This captain is played by Liam Neeson. Oh, that's good casting. I think so. I'm very happy with that. And also he does bad comedies. So yeah. it's not beyond reason. Is the, are we classifying this as a bad comedy take on Titanic? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, see, this um, is a version of Titanic I, I could see being made. Yeah, me too. I, like, it, it would be a low-budget version of Titanic, but it would be. I can definitely see this film being made. Mm. Yeah, it would be, it'd be pretty good. Yeah. Would the CGI be better? Who knows? Uh, time, I guess. Yeah, and so, well, they, they get sent out of the room all three of them. Jonah Hill knows that he's lost his job, so he's pretty depressed for essentially the rest of the film. That's but, pretty much his standard way of being as an actor. Anyway. Yeah, he, he tends can, to spend his films. He can play it well. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so the three of them, they don't get sent to the brig because there's no other crewmen around who aren't trying to, you know, not sink the ship, okay. essentially. So everybody's busy. They just disappear so even though in real life if the boat had hit the iceberg dead on it wouldn't have sunk in mm. your version it does anyway uh, yeah <laughs> okay it's okay. fine it's fine don't 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 look into it <laughs> okay okay and uh we then observe them watching as the whole ship falls apart and society falls apart and you've got even the the string quintet okay they're there played by people who look as much like those actors as possible so it is essentially just these guys in the same film. Are they playing the same song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go on. That'd be good. It's not like Westworld where they're going to be playing like a Nicole no. Scherzinger song or something in a classical style. Oh, tempting. Yeah. Tempting. I, I would love it if they were playing like a really moving string quartet version of Don't You by the Pussycat Dolls, for example. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty good. And perhaps uh, another one bites the dust as well. Yeah. Do some themed things. Everybody's dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we then essentially cycle through a few different scenes from the original Titanic, but from these guys' point of view. Okay. So, 
I can't think of any right now, any good examples, but no, not there's that. Um, well, there's all the there's the little girl who dies. Is it a little girl or a little boy? That's down below, though. All the, well, there's all the people in steerage are dying horrible deaths, presumably. As yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So are they seeing that, or are they just up? Yeah, that's, I, I reckon they probably go and have a look around and see what's happening. <laughs> just for the hell of it? Yeah. Let's watch some people die. Yeah. Okay. I, I, these I, are really likable protagonists you've created here. Maybe not. Let's go see some people die, but... Uh... I've got to see if there's any see if there's any food down there or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so they see all these things and it's all very inappropriate but very funny to a certain audience. Okay. And well, eventually they decide that they need to get off the boat. Mm-hmm. That it's you know it's not a good idea to be on this Titanic anymore. And so they manage to get themselves into a lifeboat. How? They dress as women. Okay. Classic comedy. I could men see, dress as women. Yeah. I could see it working. Yeah. Not sure where they get the wigs and clothes from. Raid a cabin. Okay. Could they Easy raid enough. Rose's cabin while she's off having sex with Jack? Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. Does she yeah, have wigs. See. Her mother has wigs. Yeah. Well, there's lots of hats. If they put on those amazing hats, then. Oh my god, those hats. Yeah. Yes. So they're all there, looking like high class ladies. Okay. And probably drinking brandy. Did ladies drink brandy, or is that a man's drink? I think that was the man's drink. Oh. Uh, did any of the women drink in the? Well, Rose drank a bit, but then she was trying to be a. Um... I think they drank down below. I don't think yeah, the society she... ladies really drank. No. I, don't, I never saw Rose's mum like, getting half cut. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah. Okay, so they, well, yeah, they're, they're drinking brandy, even though that is a man's drink, but okay. they're doing it anyway. Okay. Bit of a tell if they're, in, if they're cross-dressing, but... Yeah, but they don't care. They're okay. strong women. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, strong, bearded women. And so they managed to get themselves on lifeboat. Um, it's one of the first ones to go, and it goes out. And are then, they the only people on this lifeboat? No, there are a few other people, but okay. they essentially have the back back part of it all to themselves. Okay. There's nobody else around them, pretty much. And, well, yeah, they're essentially safe. And then Seth Rogen reaches into his pocket and pulls out some more weed. And Is then... the weed in this story the heart of the ocean? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where we're going with this? Like... Yeah. <laughs> It's the perfect batch of weed. It was in the jacket that he got yeah. put on his shoulders. Um, yeah, and then they just get high and just sort of watch and, and cheers as the Titanic goes under and they're just watching the whole thing and cut to black. That's it. Oh, okay. Do they get rescued? Well, you presume so. There's a there's a boat coming in four hours. Okay. But that's, that's, that's pretty much it. You just see our three heroes just sitting there in a boat. Happy as Larry, just watching it all go down. Okay, so at what point does James Franco have gay sex? Because it is essential that James Franco has gay sex in every film he does. I haven't thought about that. I don't know. Does it fit in this? It's your story. Oh. If you're going to cast James Franco, you need to think about these things. Oh, I don't want to. I didn't, didn't plan gay sex into this. <laughs> that was your failure of writing right there. Maybe because he's dressed yeah. as a woman. Maybe because he's dressed as a woman, he has to have gay sex. But it's not gay sex. I need to stop saying gay sex. It's just sex. Um <laughs> He has to have sex with a man because he's dressed as a woman. And maybe that's how they got onto the boat. Maybe he's, he screws his way onto the boat. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Because he's dressed as a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. very convincingly feminine, obviously. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, there we go. Thank you. You helped right. me out there. Yeah. Well, I think this is how we should do this. I think we should, we, we should fill of in course, each other's yeah. potholes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so Titanic as a stoner comedy starring James Franco, Seth Rogen, and Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I, I, can, I can genuinely see that as something that could exist. Yeah. It's not, it's not the best idea I've ever had, but it's... It's workable. Yeah. It's workable. It's... Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. What's yours? Okay, so I'll see you your stoner comedy, oh. and I will raise you Titanic 2, 
a woman's heart. As in, a woman's heart is a deep ocean of secrets. Uh-huh. One of my favourite mm-hmm. quotes from the first film. From the film, sorry. Father, a woman's heart is a deep ocean of secrets. Um, okay, so, the year is 1937. Okay. 25 years after Titanic sank beneath okay. the ocean. Rose DeWitt Bucator, I love saying those names, is now <laughs> Rose, who became Rose Dawson at the end of the first film. Now she is Rose Calvert. She's married, she has grown-up children, and she is living the comfortable life of a New York socialite mm-hmm. in the 1930s. Yeah. Okay. Establishing shot has to be an aerial shot of her wearing a bit big old hat. Yeah, because we have to call back to that, obviously. Yeah. Um, so she's in a she's in a nice little house with a nice little lawn. We pan over to a hat, a 1930s hat, though. So it's probably a little bit smaller. By the way, is this still Kate Winslet? Yes, we're, we're still Kate Winslet. Okay. Okay. Playing her own age now. Uh-huh. Um, so it's 25 years rather than 20 because I feel like she's doesn't she could probably pull off late 30s, but she's in her 40s. So let's let's sure. cast her own age. Sure. So yep, she's a socialite in New York, and she's never spoken of Titanic to anybody. Yeah, it's she's left it behind. Mm-hmm. New life, as you know, as old Kate Winslet says in the first film, mm-hmm. uh, Gloria Stewart. So she's happily married, but it's been a long time, and she the, the spark has gone out of her marriage. And her husband, I think, she would play by someone kind of attractive but dull. Maybe what's the name of the oldest Hemsworth brother, the one who's not as attractive and has no franchises? Oh, Luke. Luke Hemsworth. He, he can go. do it, or you know, or maybe like a Matthew Broderick type. Is he even attractive though? Not really. Like, he's blandly attractive. I'm looking for blandly attractive, like... Toby Maguire. I know he's old enough. How old is Toby Maguire these days? He's getting old, but he can still play young. I don't want him to play young. I think the husband should be a little bit older, if anything. I think Luke, even Luke Hemsworth might be a little bit too... We, we're getting off the point. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so, one of the first things that happens... There might need to be a lot of voiceover in this to kind of paper over the cracks. Cause narration? Lot, yeah, a narration, yeah, because there's a lot of internal stuff that maybe... Because she doesn't talk about it to anyone. By who? Who narrates? By, I think by Kate Winslet. Okay. I know... It, it probably should be Gloria Stewart, but she is she's dead. So we're not unless they can bring back her voice somehow. I think maybe we'll just make it Kate Winslet. Yeah, let's just say maybe she'll have a diary. Let's give her a diary. Sure, sure. Yeah, that nobody else ever reads. <laughs> so she is living this life, and she's forgotten her left her life behind her. One day she's reading these society pages mm-hmm. of the local newspaper, and the headline is um, Ruth Dewitt Bucator, mm-hmm. Titanic survivor and socialite, dead. This is her mother, obviously. Right. So, and the subheadline should be something like Titanic survivor lived the latter part of her life in poverty mm-hmm. because her daughter died as mm-hmm. far as she knew. She couldn't marry, so he couldn't marry the rich guy played by Billy Zane. Yeah. So she had no cards left to play. So she became a seamstress. All the things that she thought would happen to her did. Why are you being so selfish? I'm being selfish. Do you want to see me working as a seamstress? Is that what you want? See our fine things sold at auction. Our memories scattered to the winds. Yeah. So now we have we have guilt. Kate Winslet, uh, Rose, sorry, is feeling very very guilty uh, that she is uh, she left her mother to fall into poverty and she died in obscurity, uh, but she can't tell anyone. So she has a we have a breakdown scene. She, she's crying, 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 but then she recovers. She represses. She represses. Goes about her life. Mm-hmm. So she's doing this. Uh, but that night, for the first time in years, she dreams about Titanic. So there's loads of flashbacks to the first film. We've got it all. We've got the the sex. We've got the trauma. We've got the hats. Everything. We've got the hand on the window. Hand on the window. Oh, She's remembering it. And, and it obviously it ends with Leo, uh, Jack, sinking beneath the ocean. And then mm. she wakes up in a cold sweat. Mm-hmm. And she has to, we, we will learn that she has this dream every night for some time. But she can't tell anyone about it. Okay, okay. 
Okay. Then one day she's walking, doing rich middle-aged lady stuff in New York mm-hmm. on a busy street, and she walks past Leonardo DiCaprio, present-day Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. She thinks it's it's Jack. Present day. Wow. Pre- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna let it be present day. It's not gonna be. We're not gonna CGI old Leo. This is present okay. day Leo. So he looks obviously like Jack, but it's been twenty five years. So she's stunned, and it's a busy street. She just sees him in a crowd. Yeah. She turns around. He's gone. So. Now she's really panicked. And again, she goes into a department store, has another breakdown, and then represses, represses, represses. Yeah. Can't talk. This is a theme. Lots of repression in my version of this film. She's like, no, no, he's dead. He's dead. You're just being crazy. Mm-hmm. So then she, she keeps dreaming about him. And then one, one day, a few days later, she's at a society party with lots of wealthy people mm-hmm. with her husband. Her husband's a theatre director or something. Because she's a retired actress. Yeah. Because that was mentioned in the first one that she acts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. She's at the society party and she sees him again. He's a guest at the party, but she's with her husband and it's a crowded place. So she can't say anything. Right. And she's like, no, it can't be. It can't be. And this is the really important bit. She doesn't even have a picture of him. Remember she says that? Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't know it's him. I don't even have a picture of him. Like she, she has a memory of him, but it's been 25 years and he looks different. He's, yeah, he's yeah. older. He's got a beard. He's probably put on some weight, you know, because yeah. I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio has been through enough in the last few years. We can, we're not going to ask him to get back to his 1996 body. He can be, he can relax with this film. Yeah. So she goes to the bathroom and she splashes water on her face and she looks into the mirror in that classic Hollywood way. And she's like, get a grip of yourself, Rose. He's dead. Jack's dead. So then she steps back outside. He's still there. She's not imagining it. This is a definite Jack lookalike situation, mm-hmm. but she decides that she's just gonna, she must just be imagining it. it must be a coincidence it can't be him so later on at the party she's introduced to him via a mutual friend in front of her husband and learns he introduces himself not as jack dawson but as i don't know tommy Steele or something okay who is a tommy Steele, which is actually the name of a singer but i, I don't know just something generic uh, <laughs> i don't mean the actual tommy Steele. i think he did when i'm cleaning windows it's not him um, <laughs> So he introduces himself as this, as a sketch artist for the wealthy, well-to-do of New York. Yeah. So, you know, remember Jack did all the sketches of the French prostitutes? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a big coincidence. But he do, and he gives a kind of a meaningful look, but he doesn't say anything. So now she's really confused. So is it him? Is it not? But she's in a public crowd of place. She can't get him alone. How do, she mm-hmm. can't ask. So, and he says to her, while they're introduced, he says, you're very beautiful. I would love to sketch you. And so that's her way in. Mm-hmm. So then she says, okay. So then she asks her husband if she can have a sketch done. Mm-hmm. He's like, sure, why not? So she takes his details from the hostess and arranges a sketching. Mm. So a few days pass. She goes to his office, mm-hmm. his studio, sits for a sketch. And she still can't say anything because it's crazy. Yeah. It can't be Jack. It can't be Jack. He's dead. She doesn't want to break the spell. But she's so sure. So he's, he's drawing her and drawing her. And there's real sexual magnetism. It's just they're talking... And they're not talking about it, but they're kind of just experiencing a real connection. Yeah. And she can't see what he's drawing because he won't show her until it's done. So she's sitting for traditional portraits. And so they sit for a few days and we get lots of voiceover. I never wanted those days to end. I got so close to him and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they get to, finally the portrait is done. And so he shows her it. He's drawn a nude, like one of his French girls. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Wearing this. All right. Wearing only this. So this is the reveal. Yeah. So then 
She's like, Jack, it's you. I knew it was you. He's like, yep. He's like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> nope. <laughs> really, yep and nope. Well, there'll be some explanation. So then, turns out he's alive. They have really hot, like, steamy sex, hand on window in the office right there and then. <laughs> Still hand on window. Yeah, there's got to be a window, there's got to be steam. Yeah, it's got to just <clears> back. Yeah. Yeah. back sweat, the lot. So they have the sex. And then, so this is everything she's ever dreamed about. She's been waiting 25 years. She thought she'd lost him. Mm-hmm. And so they arranged to run away together. That she's going to start a new life and the life that she should have lived all along. Mm-hmm. So then they arranged to meet the next day. Yeah. And run away. So she goes home, packs a bag. Her kids are grown up, so they don't live anymore. Yeah. So she packs a bag. Doesn't say anything to her husband. Packs a bag. Next day, goes to meet them at the place they've agreed to meet. Yeah. Let's say some bridge or something. He doesn't show up. She waits and she waits. No Jack. She goes to the studio. Yeah, I can tell you gripped. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even asking any questions. I'm, no. <laughs> don't need them. No. So she goes to the studio and she asks, where's Jack? Has Jack... Tommy Steele. Has Tommy Steele been in today? Nobody of that name works here. No. Ooh, plot twist. So now she's really panicked and she has a full-on freak out. She runs out onto the road. She's crying, she's crying. She, she's totally bewildered. Yeah. Bang, gets hit by a car. Next thing she knows, she's back on the piece of debris in the middle of the ocean. And she's lying there and it's dark and it's silent. Mm-hmm. She turns around. Jack is lying on it with her. Mm-hmm. Young, Jack. Like, young Jack. Young Jack, young Jack. He is lying on the boat with her, and he says... Wait, is he lying on the bed, or is he just like... On, he's on the uh, the piece of floating debris. So, yeah, is, is he lying on it? Or yeah, because is... in the first one he couldn't, Yeah. So, but now he can. They oh. found a way. Oh. They're lying on it. They finally did it. Yeah, they found, finally did oh. it together. Then she says to him, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. And he says, Rose, you have to. You have to live. And she's like, I just don't have the energy. I can't do it. It's too hard. Mm-hmm. And he says, Rose, if you die now, all of this was for nothing. You need to live because one day you're going to tell our story. Mm-hmm. So you need to swim, Rose. You need to swim. So then she says, I'll never let go, Jack. And we recreate the kiss. Mm-hmm. And then she jumps into the, wa- into the water mm-hmm. and she starts to swim. And then she wakes up again. She's in a hospital bed, surrounded by her family. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously very bewildered again. And they're like, you're awake. We're so worried about you. And then she says, was anyone else hurt? And they say, when? They said, in the car accident. There was no car accident. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, this 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 story is kind of. Based I, think on a, I think it's just taken one too many turns. <laughs> well, it's kind of based half on a film by Nicole Kidman, a film called Birth, uh-huh. and half on the films of M Night Shyamalan. That's where I'm kind of going with this. Twist after twist. Twist after twist after twist. Got it. Okay, so it, does it have a director, by the way? Uh, I think James Cameron could come back. Or maybe if not, maybe M Night Shyamalan. I think yeah. he, I think he could get a handle on this. Okay. Okay. So yes, yeah, she wakes up. And she's, yeah. So there was no car accident. What happened then? You had a breakdown. Mm-hmm. So then we get another flashback. And when she found out that her mother had died, mm-hmm. it set off all these traumatic emotions and repressed feelings of twenty-five years of guilt. Because essentially, what she did was really damaging to everyone involved on the first film. You yeah. know. Jack died, her mother went into poverty, mm-hmm. her fiancé ended up killing himself years later, etc. Like, yeah. Nobody came out of it well except for her. So she's been repressing all this guilt for years and years and years mm-hmm. and years. And it's just got on top of her too much. And we all know from the first film, I mean, in the first film she decides to commit suicide because she's bored at a party. Mm-hmm. So that to me suggests that she has some underlying issues right from the start. Yeah. So this is very much about her mental state of being, which is not good. So yeah, so when she finds out her mother has died, it, it unlocks all these years of repressed guilt and trauma. And she has a full-on breakdown. And she tries to kill herself by throwing herself off the New York docks. Mm-hmm. 
drowning herself mm-hmm. the way she should have died all along. Mm-hmm. But she's rescued, um, obviously. But when she wakes up, she's in a catatonic state. She's in a full-on emotional catatonic state. Mm-hmm. And it being the 1930s, all they can do for her is give her intensive electroshock therapy. So she has been... <laughs> she's, yeah, she, oh, I forgot to mention, she's, in a, she's, in a, she's not in a hospital, she's in a mental institution. Okay. That's what I forgot to mention, so that's, <laughs> that's quite important. That's yeah, very important. Yeah. So she has been in a mental institution the whole time yeah. since she tried to drown herself at the beginning of the film when she found out her mum had died. Yeah. And she has just been... All, the, all that's happened since then has been a traumatic wish-fulfillment fantasy in her own mind. Right. And they, so they say to her, you know, we thought we were going to lose you. We really didn't think you were going to come back. But then it seemed like somehow you found the strength. And she said, I did. And what gave you that strength? And then she looks and she sees the ghost of Jack standing in the doorway. Looking the ghost, at right. Describe this ghost. Okay, she sees Jack. Is it just exactly, it's not like, it's not like see-through or anything? It's just... It's not wearing a sheet with two eyes. It's, it's Jack. It, let's say it's young Jack. Kind of like, okay. Oh, young Jack. Kind of like at the end of Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi, where they're kind of like, just kind of white and shimmery kind of, you know. So like a, like a blue, bluish kind of see-through ghost. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go with that. Nice. Nice. So he's, he stood in the doorway and he's looking at her. Yeah. And he turns and he walks away. What was it? What was it that gave you the strength to come back? Love. Boom. End credits. She she looking at the camera when she says love or something? No, she's telling her husband. Because she can't tell him the truth. Because the first film establishes that she never tells anyone about Yeah. So the idea is that she just... She's still repressing it, which probably isn't very healthy. Probably going to come up again. But, <laughs> but she's she's made her peace. This this whole film is about her making peace with her, the trauma that she's experienced, mm-hmm. basically. That is my idea. Okay. And so everything that happens since is a wish-fulfillment fantasy. Hmm. And that's why, like, Jack is older and he survived being in the ocean. And it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because she's just wanting to... She's manifesting what she wants. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the reason I went with this is that I feel like people want... You, you put them back on the boat. And I, I feel like Titanic is really about Jack and Rose. And I think mm-hmm. that's what people want. And that's why it's hard to do a sequel because Jack's dead. at the end mm-hmm. of it. So it, You'd really have to reach to get them back together in any meaningful way. Yeah, yeah. So my thought was that uh, this is my way of reuniting them in a way that makes sense. Without retconning him actually surviving, mm-hmm. so. Oh, okay. Well, I, th- I think you, yours is better than mine. I don't know. I've, well, <laughs> see, mine doesn't have a boat. I think before going to Titanic two and not seeing any kind of boat might be a little bit disappointed. Oh, so it depends on the audience. Yeah, true, true. If you pitch yours as a romance, and if you pitch mine as a comedy, then a, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think they're both workable. Yeah, both both workable films. Cool. Well, what are we doing next week? I think it's your turn. I picked Titanic, so... Okay, okay. I have had a had a few in my head. Gladiator. Okay. Again, tough one. Dead actor at the end, so... Or dead character at the end, so... That's good. Oh, Gives us a good challenge. Him, did you forget... You, what, you pitched... You, you forgot that the gladiator dies at the end yeah, of the Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sticking with it. You're sti- okay, no. I, I'm up for it. that challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's... Oh, is that even more of a challenge? Oh, god damn it. No, because at um, least there's one live character at the end of Titanic. There's literally... Is there anyone alive at the end of Gladiator? Yeah, but you can still do like prequels and stuff. Oh no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not disputing. Yeah. Cool, Gladiator. Excellent. That's um, our next challenge then. Yeah. I think that went quite well for the first episode. I think it did. Well, let's uh, let's let the listeners. Yeah, I think play. at some point we'll put up a poll, and if anyone actually listens to this, they can vote on which of our ideas. Yeah. They would rather see. Yeah, if you're listening to this, I'll. I'll Tweet a link to a poll on our website, which will exist, and you can you vote on the version that you'd most like to see made, and maybe that can be we can keep a, a tally every week of who um, whose idea goes down the best. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, if you do want to uh, get in contact with us or let us know whose story was better, are you going to do that? Oh, you're going to win a lot of these. I don't know. Yeah, if you don't want to get in touch with us, then we're on Twitter at Beyond the Box Set, or on Facebook and Gmail. Um, and we're also going to have uh, beyondtheboxset.com as well. So, Oh, do we have that now? We, not, not yet, but we will. Okay. We will. We'll get there. I have dreams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for Gladiator. Two. Gladiator 2 or, mm. or Gladiator the Origins. Oh yeah, Gladiator Origin Story. Nice. Nice. Anyway, well, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.